Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. In case you do not know, this is a monthly podcast I do in two different forms. First of all, I do it here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, in which I kind of just have a cool-looking visual, at least I think it's a cool-looking visual, and there's not almost too much to it. I guess there's like, you know, you're going to come there for the comments and everything, uh, but as for the actual visual, it's kind of just designed to be a thing where you can minimize it and you know kind of do whatever else you want to while you're listening to this if you're checking it out through YouTube or you can listen to this podcast well like an actual podcast uh, simply go and look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting app or platform I know it's not on all of them but it should be on most of them at least and you can take this wherever you want to like well an actual podcast now, this is a second podcast that I do here. The first one is my main one, Mod Chat, which focuses more on modding news, topics, discussions, just things that I find interesting during that month. And the second one here, Mario's Minute, is where I talk about really whatever the hell I want to. I do try and alternate between having a guest and not having a guest, and most of the time I do pretty well. Occasionally I do slip up, but we're kind of getting back into that. So, either way, this is episode 44, I believe, and this is going going to be a solo episode for this month and you know I just want to give a nice heads up as well too uh at this point right now I think I'm going you know I had one of those nights for some reason last night where even though I was relaxed and everything I had a completely restless night and I slept for maybe I don't know an hour in total and I was in bed for maybe seven, eight hours, something like that. So it just felt like my brain was wired and I could not get back to sleep. It very rarely happens and when it does, it's unfortunate. But I also have this weird side effect where that wired portion has just kind of stayed with me. And I think I've been acting a little bit funny today. But at the same time, I feel like energized and wired despite barely sleeping or really not sleeping at all for well over a day at this point so we'll see how this is going because I'm actually recording this podcast pretty late at night and guess what I'm still feeling wired which is why I decided to record this here but either way let's go ahead and get into our first topic which is going to be in regards to Halo Infinite now Halo is a series I hold near and dear to me and I'm gonna be honest the last few entries have been Oh, disappointing here. Now, I am one of the people, right? I'm one of, like, the eight people in the world that actually, like, appreciated 343 Industries and kind of, you know, saw the vision and saw the wave. Like, for example, I figured, like, hey, you know, Bungie's not going to be doing Halo. It's going over to 343 Industries. Like, if 343 wasn't going to be handling it, we might not have Halo at that point. So, first of all, we got Halo Anniversary, which I remember, I feel like a lot of people who complained about 343 were complaining simply because it wasn't Bungie. But, like, I remember when it came out, a lot of people complained about Halo Anniversary, saying, oh, well, it's it's barely a remake here, because it was a, a remaster, it's a HD, well, yeah, technically HD remaster of the first Halo game, and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's the exact same game, just with new textures, and that's it. And I was one of the people, I'm like, well, wait a minute, is that, like, not what y'all want? Because, if anything, a lot of times when I see games get remastered, they end up changing core functionality and sections of the game, and people don't like that. So, if anything, I actually find it kind of refreshing that we get a 
uh, we we get a Halo game right here, and we get a remaster, and all, literally all it is is new textures. And that is grossly oversimplifying it. Um, there were a few other little added things with the story that were thrown in as well, too, and it had some extra supports. I never messed with the multiplayer on there, but I think the multiplayer was like Halo 1 maps on the Halo Reach engine, so I wasn't really as interested in that because I just wasn't into Halo Reach. But either way, I actually... Like, I appreciated Halo Anniversary. Uh, Halo 4, I'm also one of the few people who unironically really likes Halo 4. Like, I saw what they were doing. I saw the vision. Like, the campaign was a tearjerker to me. But so many people were saying, oh, I didn't like this about the campaign or this or this. Like, spoiler alert right here, right? But the game has been out since 2012, so, you know, it is what it is. But, spoiler alert... Uh, Cortana, the AI, is essentially, quote-unquote, dying. Like, I believe once an AI gets to seven years of age, then they end up hitting rampancy, which they just get so corrupted to the point where they end up dying and they're kind of going crazy and such. And I was playing Halo 4 with a friend of mine who's really into the Halo games, and he reads the books, and he's very heavy into the lore, and he actually understood it. Like, even very early on, he's like, wait, She's like seven at this point, like she's going to hit rampancy and he picked up on that right before. So people who I feel like really knew the lore and were open to the world changing a bit would have appreciated Halo 4. But then so many people who only played the games and didn't want any change were super upset by it. So then Halo 5 kind of retconned all that. But they did a really poor job with it, and Halo 5 was a major disappointment, in my opinion, um, as was Halo Master Chief Collection. Like, the games are good, that's Halo 1 through 4, but the launch was so botched that it took years for the game to be, like, properly working and playable. So that's all to say here that for 343 doesn't really have the best track record, and even, like, for people like me who are even trying to give 343 a chance, it's like, all right, look, Halo 5 was incredibly boring, and y'all gave in to fan pressure here and everything, and then Halo Master Chief Collection, there's no excuse for it to have launched in that state, and not only launched in the broken state, but stayed broken for years. Like, that was really bad how it was, so... um you know, out of those four games that I've mentioned, and I'm, I'm not even including Halo Wars or Halo Wars Definitive Edition, but um, out of those four that I've mentioned there, you know, even I myself trying to be optimistic, I can only give them like a half pass. And I feel like Halo Infinite, its development has been so rocky that I feel like this is going to be a prime example of people who have hated 343. This is going to be their crowning moment of saying, I told you so, I told you so. And I'm just here, I'm like, 343, can y'all just like not screw this up, please, um, first of all, the game was supposed to be out already, L let's get, let's keep that in mind, this was supposed to be out holiday 2020, you can look up when it was delayed, the news and all that stuff, and if you don't believe me, go and pick up a Xbox Series X, or if you can't pick, pick one up, look up the, the box, like the outside the box for an Xbox Series X, and there's giant Master Chief on the back of it, like, advertised proudly right there for Halo Infinite. It was clear, it was very clear that Microsoft was gunning hard for Halo Infinite to be the big holiday 2020 release alongside their brand new game consoles, the Series S and the Series X. And even, like, I remember, I think there was Monster Energy Drinks that had some kind of Halo Infinite tie-in with them as well, too. Like, all of this was done, and this is to say that 
it must have been really, really, really just gargantuan, huge, big for 343 to and everyone else to agree and be like, hey, we need to, we can't release this holiday 2020. We got to delay this. So it missed being a launch title on a brand new console for a brand new console generation. That is big. And that is very telling as to how unfinished it is. Now, I've seen, I haven't really rewatched the gameplay, but I know a lot of people have like analyzed, you know, like the the E3 like open world gameplay and all that. And I shared this before when I talked about it when I first saw it. The game looks very fun. Like, it looks like it plays like a more open world Halo 1. And I love that feeling. But you could tell just looking at it, the game is unfinished. And there's been a lot of people who've been exiting the studio as well, too, who have just been leaving on their own accord, and that has not looked good. And I know, shout out to Modern Vintage Gamer, when he was doing his podcast, uh, The Real MVP, he'd even said on one episode, he's like, yeah, you know, I isn't him, he's saying, I like, I, you know, I used to be a, uh, was it, he, he used to, like, manage developers and such, he's like, this is, just from outside looking in, this is a managerial issue of some kind like there's something going on there with like the development and like how everything is structured on that like there, there's something wrong here just with with how this is being set up and I think he even called it and he's like this game is not going to be coming out anytime soon and then soon enough it got delayed um but it's still kind of in that state because there's been recent news that there's going to be, uh, when Halo Infinite is going to launch this holiday 2021, apparently they are gunning. It's pretty much holiday 2021 or bust. They have to launch Halo Infinite. The downside is they're releasing an incomplete copy of the game. So the game is going to have single player and it's going to have multiplayer. And the multiplayer seem, I didn't play it, but it seems to be quite different. It seems to just be kind of some all new stuff on there. I'm not sure how I feel about just looking at gameplay. I I need to actually play it, but it's going to be, it's only going to be those two. And one thing with the multiplayer that's going to be interesting is that I believe that the multiplayer component is going to be a separate app and it's going to be free to play. So they're going to be doing seasons on there, which I, I don't really know how I feel about it, but it's going to be free to play. It's going to be its own thing. So you can buy Halo Infinite and you get the multiplayer, and I'm sure you're going to get some bonus stuff as well too for buying the game. Uh, but if you don't want to buy it and you just want to play multiplayer, you'll be able to play that, I believe, completely free. Because even right now, Xbox Live, they made that change when they tried to do the price hike and then they brought it back down. They made the change so that any free-to-play game on Xbox Live does not require Xbox Live Gold, uh, which is quite a nice change to say. So that's going to be cool, but I'm saying single player. So that's going to be, we're going to get like season one, like version 1.0, or, you know, it's going to have updates. But what I'm saying is we're going to get season one of Halo Infinite Holiday 2021. Co-op campaign is supposed to come season two, and Forge mode is supposed to come season three. Now, 343 is claiming that new seasons are going to happen every three months. So that really means that the game is going to come out holiday 2021, but you're, you might not even have a incomplete copy. Well, you might, you might have an incomplete copy for at least six months. And even then it's going to be at least because there might be other things that have to be added as well too. And things that have to be fixed. This was incredibly disheartening. And honestly, I would rather just the game itself be delayed again 
so that we can get a complete package on there. Uh, my best friend, though, one I said who, you know, I played Halo 4 with, I told him about this, and he was so disheartened by this news. And he even said, he's like, I mean, he's a diehard Halo player. He's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to wait on it because it's just a slap in the face. Like, yeah, if you want to play the single player, that's totally fine. But every Halo game, like the, you know, the the mainstay ones there, because uh, I, I can't think of like, you know, Spartan Assault, like those ones that they have it. But the main games, they all had co-op day one. Like, the first Halo, it, it like, even on the original Xbox, day one, it had co-op. Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo 5. Uh, Halo 5 did get some controversy, and it was disappointing because it was the first Halo game to not have split-screen co-op. So you had to have separate TVs and separate consoles to play co-op on there locally. Um, but all the other games had split-screen co-op, which worked just fine. Uh, but you could also do LAN, and you could also do online. Except for the first Halo and the first two. Uh, yeah, you could use tunneling services for those, but what I'm saying is they did not have official Xbox Live uh, co-op you know, campaigns on there, but they still offline, they had them. So for anybody who wants to play co-op on there, and a lot of people do, a lot of people love going through the co-op, like the, the Halo games and co-op, and it's a big thing for them. This is really disheartening. You're not going to be able to play co-op on Halo Infinite for at least three months. And then even Forge, for anyone who doesn't know, Forge is the map customization, map building tool that was released in Halo 3. And Forge has a very dedicated community and a lot of people that truly love it. And I feel for them as well, too. I'm like, you know, here's the thing with the campaign. If you can't do co-op on it, whatever, J just either wait a few months and maybe this is anti-consumer, I guess. I don't know. But like either wait a few months or. Or just play it by yourself, and then play it again once co-op is enabled through a patch. But Forge, this definitely felt like a slap in the face, because I'm like, man, every single, since 2007, because Halo 3, every single Halo game that is shipped out has had Forge in there. And this one's not going to ship with Forge. This is not good. This is not good. This is them saying that we have to get a product out. We cannot miss another holiday. We have to get a, we missed one holiday. We have to get a product, we have to get a Halo something out there and playable and tangible by this holiday season or bust, even if that means they're going to ship an incomplete game. As a, as a Halo fan, I'm really disappointed by that. It's really disappointing that I'm not excited for this game. I'm really not. And when it comes out, like, will I play it? At one point, yeah. Will I play it on launch? I don't know. Like, I actually don't know if I'm going to play it on launch. Uh, right now, I do not have a Xbox Series console. The newest Xbox I have is the Xbox One X. Uh, because I've said on here a few times, I just... Uh, I love the Xbox. I love the Xbox 360. The Xbox One, I... I just don't fuck with it in my... like that. It, sorry, not sorry. Um... I liked it until I got a PS4. That's pretty much how it went for me. And then I just did not really like the Xbox One. And the Xbox series is kind of just a physical extension of that. So I really don't use my Xbox One X all that much. Like the most I've used it recently was I accidentally nudged the power button. And it turned on. And when I realized I was like, oh, it's been on for 20 minutes. And I turned the system back off. That is like the most I've used the Xbox One X recently. <laughs> But, so I, I, what I'm saying is I can play it on there, all right? I can play it on there just fine, but 
I don't have much else to say. Just 343, what are you doing? Because now even like, again, I've tried to give them a chance, but this is even just disappointing to me. Oh boy. So I wanted to kind of talk about the PS5 again here because this was uh, in regards to last month I had had Taz on here and I'd picked up my PlayStation 5 from him. Now, funny enough, funny enough, uh, he was very much saying I bought it from him because he's just had luck being able to get these systems like a PS5 and Xbox Series X and I never have luck. So he said at the time uh, he wasn't using the PS5. So he decided to sell it to me because he wasn't using it and he thought that I could use it like, you know, more than him. And he was going to just get another PS5 later on. Within a month, this dude, like right now, he got another PS5. He able he managed to get one from Walmart and he got it there. And I'm happy for him. But I was like, dude, what the hell? How do people have this luck? I don't get it. Uh, but I have my own PS5, so it's all good now. But I kind of want to talk about the crossplay on there where I've been experiencing this a bit and this has just been kind of annoying. So one of the things is most of my friends have PlayStation 4s and I really only like on my on the PlayStation ecosystem, I really only play online with like one friend. I'm not a online game player. I'm just not. Uh, but I have like one friend where this is pretty much how we hang out because we're literally in separate countries. So the way we hang out is we play video games together. And the downside is there are several games like pretty much if they have a game that they want to play um, that we can play together, then occasionally most of the time it's something I have. So I'm able to, you know, just install it. Sometimes it might have to be a game that I buy. And thankfully the backwards compatibility is a godsend because I don't have to have a second thought about it. It's like, oh yeah, this is a PS4 game. It'll work on the PS5. Like that's great. Where it starts to get complex though is when there are PS4 and PS5 builds of games. So right now, for example, I just started Destiny 2. I've never played Destiny 2, and I played it for the first time last night, and I'm going to hold my thoughts on it for now because I want to play more of it. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I I have the PS5, and I'm playing the PS4 build of Destiny 2. I can download either of them. And even there's many, many games that you can get, like I know Man Eater, uh, Resident Evil 8, Final Fantasy VII Remake. If you own them on PS4, you can actually download the PS5 build of it for free. Like either if you have a digital copy or even if you have a physical copy, the only thing is with a physical copy, you have to put the disc in and then you have the option to copy the game or you can do the free PS5 upgrade where you download a PS5 build of the game and the only caveat is you have to keep the disc in the system, the PS4 disc in when you're playing it. So it uses it like as an unlock key, which totally makes sense to me. That's totally fair. I think the only downside of that is I noticed you cannot download those PS5 upgrades unless you put the disc in the system. So like Resident Evil 8, you can go to the PlayStation store, you can find the free PS5 build, but you cannot download it unless you take your PS4 Resident Evil 8 disc and you put it in and then you go to the store, and then it will allow you to download it. So that's kind of how they restrict it there. But when it comes down to all of this, I'm currently playing the PS4 build of Destiny on the PS5, well, Destiny 2, uh, because crossplay is a thing. Now, there's many games that do have crossplay, and I'm not talking cross-save. Like, there's games that have cross-save. For example, my Resident Evil 8, I, that's what I call it, but Resident Evil Village, I know that's the official title. Um, you have to upload your save from the PS4 build, like, in the game. You have to 
boot up the game, the PS4 version, upload your PS4 save, and then boot up the PS5 version and download the game, like get, download the game save through the game. Uh, I did the same thing with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I don't know if Maneater has it. I haven't tried that one just yet. I think, I don't know what was going on, but I think in last month's episode, Taz said that he was not able to transfer his Spider-Man save, like weirdly enough. So I'm not sure what's going on with that, but what I'm saying is I guess it's iffy per game. Now, from what I understand, Destiny 2 does have cross-save, but when it comes to cross-play, at the moment, it does not have it. So I think they did a beta. Like, you had to participate in, like, a beta channel, and, like, a few weeks ago, for, like, one weekend or two weekends or, like, a week or something, you could do cross-play, but it was a beta. And by crossplay, I mean like PS4 could play with PS5, and PS5 could play with Xbox Series X and what have you. Uh, but because that's still being tested and that's not officially rolled out, even though I have the PS5 and I can play the PS5 build of Destiny 2, I'm playing the PS4 version because I'm playing with a friend who has a PS4. So that's where it gets a little bit annoying, and you have to like literally check per game on here. The other thing too is I think... um even per game, I believe No Man's Sky, I just, I have the PS4 copy of it, I was able to upgrade to the PS5 build, and it does have cross-play, but it's per system, I believe, so I think PS4, PS5 can play with each other, Xbox Series, Xbox One can play with each other, I'm not sure about PC, I don't know how that swings directly, but it's just every single game I have to look up, because literally I come to this, I'm like, okay, Hey, we both have this game. Oh, there's a PS5 version. Can I download the PS5 version and play with the PS4 copy of it? Yes or no? And so far, it looks like I haven't played too many like this. And I, again, I haven't really tried uh, No Man's Sky just yet, like since the new updates and everything. Uh, but it looks like No Man's Sky, you're able to do it only on the PlayStation systems. Uh, however, when it comes to Destiny 2, I guess we're just waiting on that. But it's just a whole other thing to look up, and it's been a bit bothersome and annoying, I guess. And I guess with that as well, too, speaking of beta, speaking of bothersome, annoying, and everything, I am not in the firmware beta channel for the PlayStation 5, but apparently right now, as I'm recording this, this is in beta, uh, you can upgrade the internal... How do I say this? You can expand the internal SSD on the PS5. So the PS5 has a super crazy, awesome, customized 825 gigabyte SSD. Not a one terabyte, an 825 gigabyte. And after formatting, it's like 667 is available for you to actually utilize. So people have been starving for storage. Now, I decided on the PS5, I'm not even going to mess with external storage because you can take a USB 3 hard drive, like external hard drive or external SSD and just hook it up through USB 3.0. The problem that you run into when you do that is, from what I understand, you can play PS4 games on an in, off of a external USB drive, but PS5 games, you can only transfer back and forth. And I said, you know what, I... no, oh, there's a yawn. Okay, that's good. That's good. I, again, it's been a while since I've slept now. Now, from what I understand, I believe 
that there is not that much of a difference. I believe it was kind of analyzed by Digital Foundry, and they found that, hey, you know what, between uh, like a PS4 game playing on an external drive or the internal SSD, there's not a huge difference on there. But I decided, you know, even my PS4 games, I'm just going to throw on the internal SSD. Why not? I'm just going to, you know, get whatever little boosts I can. But for the PS5 games, again, you cannot play them off of a external USB drive just because the throughput and the bandwidth that is required is not there. So you can only transfer them as data to and from internal and external of the system. So people have been wanting the internal M.2 drive to be like M.2 port to be unlocked where you have to take off like one of the plates and then you install the SSD physically in there. So it looks like there is a beta update that has unleashed this. Now, it's not in the main channel yet. It is just a beta firmware update right now. And you have to get a M2 SSD. So you got to pop that in. And it's also recommended to install a heat sink on there, which a lot, which thrown off a lot of people. And from what I understand, putting on a heat sink, it's easy enough. And I don't think they're that expensive. They might be like five bucks or something like that. Uh, but when it comes down to it is the pricing here. So I even just have like a tech tech radar. Uh, what is it? Um, article that I'm looking at here. And it's like the cheapest PS5 SSDs that work. And this is a very expensive, like not expensive, I guess it is. But this is very specific here because the thing is, you can't just take any of these drives and pop them in. They have to meet a certain threshold and a certain standard in terms of performance. So there's only a few that are actually certified. Uh, and really, it's just they can, you know, hit that point that they need to. So I'm looking here. And a Samsung 980 Pro one terabyte drive, uh, yeah, is 189, so 190 US dollars. A two terabyte drive is 370 US dollars. That is getting close to the price of the system right there. Uh, I'm even looking at, let's see, a Western Digital Black SN850. Let's see, uh, we can get like a two terabyte because I'm just going to go with that. Uh, if I just go with a SSD itself, uh, $370 for that as well, too. Uh, let me even see on here once. Let's go like four terabyte. What can I do? So a Seagate Firecuda 530. Let's see here. A one. T are you kidding me? A one. T at least on Amazon, a one terabyte is $300. That, what? Yo, that. Okay. Uh, yeah. What I'm what I'm saying here is that these things are expensive, <laughs> and they're they're almost prohibitive enough, like cost wise, that I'm kind of just like, you know, I might just might just like tough it out for a bit and only keep the games that I'm playing on the PS5. Which, as long as you're not playing Call of Duty, you're okay. I'm actually kind of a madman, and I had two Call of Duty games installed on the PS5. I had Black Ops 3 and Black Ops 4. Now, I've been playing Black Ops 4 a bit, so I decided to keep that there, and that's like 100 gigabytes. But I deleted Black Ops 3 because I haven't played it. So, like, I installed it anticipating I was going to play it. I have not played it, and it takes up like 109 gigabytes. It's huge. And I know some people who are, you know, talking about like, I don't know, Call of Duty like Vanguard or 2019 Modern Warfare or Cold War. They might be laughing like, oh, boo-hoo, you don't have to deal with the 250, 275 gigabyte builds that we have to. And good, good, I don't want to deal with those. That just sounds like a hell that I don't want to deal with. So... 
You know, I, I would love to expand my PS5 storage, but at this point, I think I'm just going to tough it out a bit more and kind of just wait for the price to go down because I'm looking at this here and like maybe with something like the Samsung 980, you know, even I'm just thinking like, I would want to get like a four terabyte, right? It's kind of like go big or go home. And even if I just have that and get the two terabyte, I'm like, that's two terabytes for $370. That is quite expensive. I mean, it's impressive storage, mind you, but that's pretty expensive. So I'm probably just going to hold off on this point. But that's my thoughts, at least in regards to that. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's been, you know... I don't have too much else on this episode here of Mario's Minute. I kind of just want to keep it a little bit of a slimmer, shorter episode and such. But there's a couple of things here that I wanted to bring up in regards to, uh, well, just the episode itself. And these are things that are kind of mainstays on here. So one of them, you know, I, I might tell, let's see what we're going to do. So I wanted to tell at least one game shop story. And for anybody who does not know, I used to work at a local, like, mom-and-pop game shop. Unfortunately, it is no more. That's very disheartening. Uh, but I worked there from ages 16 to 18. And it was my first, like, actual job that I had. And in my opinion, it was the best, worst job I ever had. Um, I say best because, you know, I loved my coworkers. I liked the environment. Like, it taught me really good worth, work ethic. Uh, it really taught me how to talk to strangers and break the ice easily as well, too. The downsides were, uh, you know, it's retail. It's service, so you get to deal with all that. But I actually got burned out on video games while working there. Uh, after a few months, I kind of just stopped playing video games, and I kind of almost had a disdain for them. And then when I was starting to leave, then I started playing again. But while I was there, it's like I knew about the games, but it, it kind of just became, it was literally a job for me. So even the games that I did play, it was like I would take home games to try them out to see how they were so I could talk about them and be better at the job. Like I really did care about that job and I put a whole lot of love into it because, you know, you're going to do that with a first job, but that's that's how it went for me. So either way, uh, let's see, you know, these are all kind of quick stories here. I've just thought of a few. So... We had, you know, this isn't going to be anything like super specific. It's just kind of going to be like topics of the store itself. Uh, but the first one is we had a little bit of an odd boss. And he was just, you know, he wasn't there a lot. But he also wanted to micromanage. And he had managers, but then, or manager, uh, my, you know, my manager who was, I looked to him like an older brother. And the thing is... <laughs> Sometimes boss would get into a bit of a mood, a bit of a funk, and nothing was good enough for him. And I just know one of the things he was doing was he would, the weirdest thing, because the, 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 the store, our hours were like 11 to 7, or I think our bigger store, it was from 10 to 8, like 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. But he would come in like early morning hours. Now I'm not talking about like 7 or 8 a.m. I'm talking he would come by at like 2, 3 a.m. When everyone's asleep, when nobody's at the store, he would come in there and he would see what was wrong with the store and he would nitpick it to the manager. Um, and the big thing was facing titles. So for anybody who does not know, like if, if you've never worked at a shop like this, when you're talking about facing a title or maybe even I, like I've never worked at like a grocery store. So I don't know if this is a thing, but I assume it has to be 
imagine go into your local game shop, right? And you probably don't see all the games with the spines facing out. You probably see some facing out, but you also see a lot of games with the fronts facing out as well, too. So you see the nice cover arts. And you should not see many spots on there. Like, you're not just going to see, like, empty spots here and there of, like, games that are missing because they've been sold. Uh, that's what we're talking about when facing. So we would always be told to do that. So we would face a bunch of the games in the middle and, like, movies and music. We did the same thing as well, too. Well, not music, but movies and games. We did that. We would have to face everything. So in the middle, we would face a bunch of games. And then on the sides, we would put, you know, the excess, like, with the spines out. And we did not want gaps. That was a thing. So that was just one of the things that we did when we were shutting down the store. Like, we would start vacuuming. We would close up the blinds. We would take out the trash. We would start shutting down the computers. We would put out the last discs that we need to, put out the last cases that we need to. And then we would go and we would face all of the titles. Now, I always did this, and I was pretty good at closing up the shop, right? Uh, but then we would have our younger employees who weren't as good about that, or they didn't care, or sometimes they would forget or something. And it was just one of those things where it's like, my boss would come in, and he would check, and I never got reprimanded for it, because when I was closing down the shop, I never screwed that up. Uh, but he would like, it'd be like literally the one time that the PS2 games aren't faced out properly, and he would just blow up about that um it definitely wasn't the best near the end there um but it was and i think that was happening even after i left but it was just some weird thing that was going on there another time this isn't related to the boss but i just thought this was funny there was again we had two stores and I used to work at the smaller store, and then when the bigger store opened, I was moved over there. We had a lot more foot traffic, and again, I was good at my job, so because we were getting more foot traffic, we were generating more money, and I was good at what I did, my boss put me over at the bigger store. Now, what happened was he would usually take our employees that were lacking, but he didn't really want to fire them at the time. He would set them over at the smaller shop. So there was one girl... I'm not going to say her name. Uh, let's call her Sarah, right? Uh, fake name. But Sarah, like, I trained her. I worked with her. When I worked with her, she was good, right? Like, everything was fine. And apparently, as soon as I stopped working with her, she was just bad at everything. And I'm like, Sarah, what did you do? Like, you were always, like, good when you worked with me. She's like, I, I know, I know. I, I don't know what's going on. And it's funny because we had a alarm system set up, so I any store should. But pretty much at the old store, I remember my manager and I, we would always open up the shop. And we pretty much had a ritual where we would unlock the door and he'd just be like, okay, get ready. He'd open up the door, swing it open super fast, and we would hear beeping. And he would sprint way to the back room, open up the door, put in his security code, and like, boom, within five seconds, the alarm is disarmed. Uh, but the store was, you could mosey on back to, like, you didn't have to run. He chose to run. But the point being is, I think the alarm was set for like 60 seconds. So if you did not enter the code within 60 seconds, then the alarm system company would be called. Because like, hey, there's a break in, the alarm was tripped, blah, blah, blah. Um... And then I think there was even a failsafe where if the alarm was tripped, then they would call you. 
And if you called them, you would have to give them a certain keyword or key phrase, which for the life of me, I cannot remember because I never needed it. Um, I do remember my code, though, but I don't remember what was needed on there, like to say on the phone, because it never hit me. So either way, then, if you were able to talk to the company and you gave them this code, then they would call it off. But if you could not talk to them or you could not verify yourself, then they would call the authorities and the police would come because, hey, there's a possible breaking and entering happening here. So I guess what happened was there was one day, it just, it culminated to the point where Sarah had the alarm go off and the police came to the store. I, I don't know what was going on because you could even take your own sweet time. Like you could open up the door stretch like maybe do a few jumping jacks and walk to the back of the store at a leisurely pace and as long as you put in the code right the first time you had a minute like it was all good but from what i gathered like we had heard this i think from our manager like he was telling us about it and it was myself and another co-worker we're just laughing about it so we waited until she we could get her on the phone and i called up the store and i'm just like sarah what happened like, why did police come early in the morning? What was happening? And she was super embarrassed. She's just like, I'm sorry. I messed up. I d like, I dropped the keys. I was like, what happened? And I, and I guess what happened was like, she opened up the door and then she took her time going in. And on the way to the back of the store, she was walking as opposed to sprinting or running or even jogging. And she dropped the keys like three times. And then when she went to enter the code, she entered the wrong code a couple times. And then the alarm started like it wouldn't stop going off. And she couldn't remember the right code. And then when the phone went off, she didn't know how to authenticate it. So then the police came. I don't know what happened at that point. But it was just... It was a disappointment. I mean, it was funny, but I'm just like, you know, this is not looking good for your tenure here. Like, you screwed up this little basic thing. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was thinking of maybe, like, one other story on here, but you know what? I'm going to save it for another time. Uh, but one of the last things I like to talk about in these episodes is uh, what games I'm currently playing. So, the games I'm currently playing right now, you know, I just... I've been waiting to play this game. It was sealed and everything. I did not even take it out like until I opened up the seal when I was finally able to. And this game is Ghost of Tsushima. Now, I know it's a PS4 game. Came out last year. I believe it came out last year. And I have a PS4 Pro, so it would have played fine on there, aside from the PS4 Pro like pretty much asking for the sweet release of death because its fan is super loud. Yes, I have cleaned it. Yes, I have repasted it. The system is just very loud. Uh, but the point is on there is I got the game for Christmas and I held on to it because I said, I'm not going to play this game until I have it on PS5 because the PS5, like if, if you play, there's no, how do I say? There's no free PS5 upgrade. Now there is the Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, which I have not picked up, and it is a PS5 build of the game. I haven't picked that up. I'm just going to play the PS4 version for now, unless somebody in the comments can convince me, like, dude, you're missing out. You need to rebuy this game. You need to play it on PS5. But the point is, the reason why I was holding off for the PS5 is because there was a patch that went out, and if you played Ghost of Tsushima on PS5, you were able to play it at the higher resolution at 60 frames per second. And I will tell you, this game is absolutely beautiful. This is single-handedly one of the most beautiful games I have ever played. The game is a true piece of art, and it is a tearjerker sometimes just looking at it. Looking at how well done it's been, like it's been created, 
looking at the craft and love that went into it, looking at the photorealism and how amazing everything looks. It's truly one of the greatest looking, most beautiful games that I've ever had the pleasure of playing. And even playing the game itself is an absolute masterpiece. I have not played very much of it so far because I kind of keep playing it like before I go to sleep and it's kind of relaxing as well too like just really getting into it yes I know it's like a samurai game you're going around but it's also very relaxing at the same time so I'm kind of just like calming down calming down and then you know I start to get to sleep but it's very good I cannot recommend it enough uh, I did decide to start playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I got the PS5 build of it because uh, I, I have the PS4 copy. I beat it like the first week it came out on PS4 Pro. And then I get the, what is it, uh, the PS5 upgrade. Now, I also end up spending another 20 bucks digitally because I got uh, Intergrade, which apparently is one or two new chapters, and it has some new content, and it has the D, like the Yuffie DLC on there. Uh, so I haven't played that yet, but I just started from the beginning, and even on PS5, like the game looked amazing. Like even even on the last generation system, I was playing on PS4 Pro. It looked astounding. At one point, I went over to a friend's house who was playing it on base PS4. It looked astounding. Like, even on there, I was impressed. If anything, I was more impressed because when I saw it on the base PS4, I was wearing glasses. And when I played on PS4 Pro, I was not, I did not have glasses or contacts at the time. So, in a weird, messed up way, it actually looked better for me on the base PS4, which I know that's just me being dumb. I know factually that's not correct. But the point is on there. Um, I'm playing it on PS5, like the actual PS5 copy. It looks great. There's still some textures that haven't been updated. A lot of others have. And the big differences to me are, one, the game plays 60 frames per second. Beautiful. Masterpiece. Perfect. I absolutely love it. Compared to 30 on the PS4. Uh, second, the load times, man. My goodness. Like, to get from XMB to in-game on PS4, it would take like two or three minutes. PS5, quite literally, XMB to in-game running around is like five seconds. You boot up the game, the menu pops up, you hit continue, it takes like two seconds after that to load your save, and you're in. 60 frames per second beautifulness, and I just, I could not believe it. Like, I was just, I was dying laughing when I experienced that, because I was like, I remember how long the load times were on PS4, and like, I tolerated it, like, it was fine, and I think it's even at the point as well, too, on PS4, like, people were installing SSDs, and for people who were speedrunning Final Fantasy VII Remake, they had to actually disclose if they were speedrunning on an SSD or a hard drive, because it was such a difference in terms of load time. It was something like, overall, like, if you were playing on an SSD and speedrunning, you could get, like, 20 or 30 minutes faster for your run than a hard drive run. So it was to the point it was so drastic that they had to just make a different category. So if you have a PS4 with a SSD, this is your this is the category that you're running here for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that's been absolutely astounding. Um, I did also pick up and I started playing a bit of What the Golf. Now, I was actually playing this co-op with a friend. And it doesn't even say it's like direct co-op, but the way it works is 
you can only really play with Joy-Cons. So you give one friend one Joy-Con, and then you have the other Joy-Con. And one person is going to control where the golf ball is going to go, and the other one is going to control the power at which it's going to be launched. Now, What the Golf is apparently a game that has been designed for people who do not like golf. Now, what makes this even better is that the friend I was playing with used to be super, super into golf. I think she even used to, she she was trying to go professional with it. So she was screaming at how ridiculous the game was. And even though she had fun, she kept saying she hated the game, even though she didn't truly hate it, but she kept yelling that she hated it. Because pretty much what happens is it starts off pretty easily. Like you're hitting a golf ball, then you're hitting a golf ball. Then you're hitting, like, the golf ball hole. Then you're throwing your club. Then you're throwing a house. Then you're playing Flappy Bird with a golf ball. Then, as opposed to hitting a golf ball, you're hitting 30 golf balls at once. Then, as opposed to golf balls, like 30 golf balls, you're hitting 40 clubs. And it just, it gets ridiculous. And you'll just play it and be like, what kind of drugs were these designers on? Uh, but you know what? That's what I could recommend. If you're going to play it, play it co-op. And if you can, play it with somebody who takes golf seriously. Because they will probably grimace and scream and cry in pain while also enjoying it all at the same time. So there's been that, and uh, then the only other game I've really, like, tried out, I guess technically Black Ops 4, I've been playing Zombies Mode on there online, and Destiny 2, that was the other game. Uh, I finally started that, and you know what, I'm gonna tell you this, right, because the friend I was playing with with Destiny 2, she had not played, how do I say it, like, she had not played Destiny or Destiny 2, so from what I understand, like, she, she, she liked it, she didn't think it was bad by any means, for me, I got so burned out on the first Destiny, I just got, like, screwed over, I felt like, and it was just, here's the problem with Destiny 1, right? I was there for the alpha, and it's like, oh, okay, this is cool, it's probably gonna get a bit better, and then I was there for the beta, and it's like, oh, okay, well, the beta, um, well, there's not really much to do, but I'm sure the full game is gonna have a lot more. The problem is, here's the thing, if you go back and you pick up the first Destiny, and you play it for two hours, that is the entire game. You've experienced the entire game of Destiny right there. Aside from maybe like one cool level where there is a, there's like a big giant sword. Now there's raids that I, I never, like raids and like some other things I've like never played those. Like I didn't play the Destiny expansions because I was like, yeah, I don't want to get sucked back into this. But from what I understand, like the first expansion was not that good. The second one was not that good. The big one, which I forgot what was called, like the Forgotten King or something. Apparently that one was pretty good and that's the one worth playing. And I did actually pick that up. I did actually pick that up and I played it with friends one time, but I was just so jaded at that point that I was like, eh, I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess. Um, but yo, I will tell you this. So Destiny 2, it's gone free to play. We were playing the free to play version of it. So that was nice. We didn't have to pay for it. But if I picked this game up, if I bought it on launch 60 bucks, I would have screamed to high heaven because Destiny 2, like so far, I've played it for like an hour and a half, two hours. It is literally the same 
as the first Destiny. By that, I mean, yes, there's differences, okay? Like, for anybody who's going to be like, oh, it's not literally the exact same. I know it's not the exact same, but I'm like, you start off the same way. You have to do the same things in the same map. You have pretty much the same missions on there. Like, this is like the same thing. Like, what the hell? So, unfortunately, so far, it just feels like a big patch update for the first Destiny, which that's what actually kept me away from Destiny 2. I had watched when it came out, I had watched uh, video footage of people playing it. And I was like, this doesn't look like a new game. This looks like DLC for the first Destiny. And even now playing it, I'm like, this feels like a patch update for Destiny. This doesn't even feel like a whole new Destiny game. But that's a... Uh, that, that's, I guess, my thought on it so far. I'm hoping that I will enjoy it more. And so far, it does seem to be better than the first Destiny. But like I said, it just, it doesn't seem to be a huge, huge upgrade. Although I did talk with one of my friends um, who was really into the both of them. And I'll actually even see what he was talking about here. Yeah, he was saying, like, when I was talking about all this, he said it's just, in his opinion, it's a slightly better quality of life improvement. Uh, he was saying that it's better than the first one, Destiny 2, and he told me that the main story is pretty good and the DLC stories are pretty good as well too, although from what he had heard, they kind of brutally gutted the free version, at least that's what he heard, uh, but it might be better now. I'm not sure. So we'll see if we're going to spend any money on it, but the nice thing with Destiny is like, you know, at least it plays nice, it looks good, and... I love the gunplay on it. Like, the gunplay and handling vehicles were great on First Destiny, and I did not think that had to change on Destiny 2. Like, it's been quite enjoyable so far. So there we go. That is, you know, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute. I uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all got to maybe learn something or be entertained or what have you on here. Now, for my outro on this, uh, I usually pick a phrase or a keyword. So a keyword or a key phrase and I pick these, and if you are able to use them and integrate them somehow into a sentence, or even if you just toss it up into a comment on the YouTube upload, I'll be looking through the comments, and I will know that you have made it to the end of this episode. And now I'm really thinking of what it would be here. Hmm. What are we going to go with? What are we going to go with? How about golf? You know what? How about golf? Do you like the game golf? Do you hate the game golf? what the golf what the golf is going on if you use the word golf in your comment on the youtube upload i will know that you made it to the end of this a uh, little bit shorter episode of mario's minute but you know what we're keeping it under an hour and i think this is good anyways that's about it for this episode of mario's minute thank you very much for listening and watching and tuning in everyone and until next month